Welcome to episode eight of the NRL Corona Positives podcast. We are only two weeks away from the relaunch of the NRL season as the flu jab debate dominates the agenda. I'm Tony Salerno having a corona, the beer, not the virus, with Mitch Ferugia as we look at the bright side of the game in turmoil. How are you, Mitch? Good, thanks, Tony. Uh, getting excited now, only or less than two weeks to go until we kick off in the NRL. I think a lot of the fans and everyone out there are getting those nervous jitters again. Cheers, Mitch. Cheers. We want you, the fans, to keep connecting with us on social media at NRL Corona Positives on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at nrlcoronapositives at gmail.com. We will read the best mail live on air. Now, Mitch, as you know, these last few months, I've gone from a guy who doesn't watch any movies to a movie buff. <laughs> Amazing what isolation does for you. So I've been surfing Netflix again, and this week I found a classic movie. It's called The King's Speech. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. So basically what it is, is it's a movie biopic of King George VI, who's uh, Queen Elizabeth's dad. So the movie starts as him as a young member of the royal family who developed a stammer, like a speech impediment. So he slurs his words and stuff. As a result, he has a fear of public speaking, which makes him afraid to rule. But once his father dies and his older brother resigns, he's ascended to the throne. So he developed a friendship with a speech uh, therapist, played by Jeffrey Rush, who's bloody awesome, who helps him perform his first wartime speech. So the movie was critically acclaimed and won the best Oscar for Best Picture back in 2010. So I guess the link here with NRL, it's very topical at the moment, is that sometimes we need to face our fears and do stuff for the greater good of the game, particularly at the moment when the players may all not want to take the flu shot, but for the greater good of the game and to get, make sure everyone's safe and we can continue, they may have to suck it up and take it or just sit out while the game comes back to normal and return again. So that segues really nicely into our first positive this week. Of course, we are the NRL Corona Positives podcast, where we look back at the biggest positives from the week. And now, Mitch, this one is quite obvious, but I just wanted to make it clear that over 97% of players have received the flu shot. So there's no right or wrong with players getting the flu shot. Obviously, the NRL wants players to get uh, the anti-vaccine jab just because it'll help them protect against the common cold and they don't want those sort of symptoms to turn into something like the coronavirus. But because the news cycle is slow, it seems like this is a bigger issue than it is. But I just wanted to make clear that 97% of the players have received the flu shot. Yeah, I mean, it is a huge number there. Obviously, that's most of the game have having the flu shot, which is really good. And I think, yeah, it probably has been blown out a little bit. And obviously, it's a bit different at the moment going through and the different states are going to have different ideas on what's been agreed to. So I think we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out for a few of those players um, who may not be able to play, Tony. Yeah, that's right. And it's good to know that the game will go on irrespective of if those players get the jab or not. And as you mentioned, there is a bit of inconsistency between the states. For example, the Queensland government has put a ruling in to suspend Titans players Bryce Cartwright and Brian Kelly for not getting vaccinated before returning to the NRL, whereas players in New South Wales under New South Wales government won't take as hard a stance. So it's a really difficult position because the NRL's almost been allowed to run its own race where the governments themselves can't make a specific decision. 
Yeah, exactly. It's very interesting. But I think with those Titans players, Bryce Carrad and Brian Kelly, I think that they now have a deadline that the clubs come up with that they have to get the shot done before then um, so that they can obviously get back into training and make sure they're match fit and ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see if they decide to take the flu shot or if they don't. And going on to our second positive, the federal government has now released a plan to get Australia back on track, um, which is great. Obviously, the three-step plan will see different numbers of people visit each other during this these steps. Bars and clubs will open, um, which is good news, and also interstate travel will eventually resume. Um, this may be why we haven't quite seen the draw yet, though, Tony, um, because the NRL don't know if they can twist the government's arm and get games played in Queensland after July, although it is very unlikely. Yeah, that's right, Mitch. And I think this is a really good step in the, not just in the games direction, but in Australia's direction. We've now seen, okay, this is what the next step looks like. And now people can start getting out of their homes and start mingling with each other. And then it can become a lot more positive. But as you just said, the draw maybe. I don't think the NRL's in any real rush to release that draw just because they don't know how quickly these restrictions will be lifted. I know it's supposed to guarantee that there won't be fans or spectators in the NRL season for any of the games. But the positive here is, Mitch, and we may have to do it together, is that it looks like there will be no crowds all year. At least we'll be able to watch the NRL at pubs and clubs. So it's better than nothing in that sense because three months ago, that itself wasn't even an option. So I guess... We're not getting exactly what we used to get, but we're well on the way if we're able to do that. And I think that's just a real shot in the arm for the economy and it's a real shot in the arm for the fans who are able to mingle with their friends, maybe not seeing the players, but being able to enjoy a game they love or a brew they enjoy. Yeah, exactly. That'll be really good news. And I think eventually, hopefully things do start to slowly open up and Eventually, we will be at the pubs and clubs. It'll be packed out, I think, and people will be enjoying the game we love. All right, now this third one, Mitch. I don't know if you think it's a positive or a negative, but this one is NRL signing rumours are back in the headlines. So this week, it was rumoured Josh Reynolds may be off to the Bulldogs. Of course, he's contracted to the Tigers at the moment. So there's a lot of unknowns about this, but it's really great to see that we're starting to talk about the on-field stuff again. It's not political like anti-flu vaccines or what the federal government's going to do to help get the game back up. We're starting to get, you can tell we're getting close to the season because we're now hearing about player movement. It's just a case of how great is it that we're talking about this again? But also, if Josh Reynolds does move, for example, of course, we had Tyson Prezell in and around that time the game was paused. He's signing with us on nights. But this one's speculation and rumour, which we all love. How is he going to get paid? And Mitch, I just Josh Reynolds going back to the Bulldogs from the Tigers. What are your thoughts on that potential signing? I think it probably, I'm not sure, because Josh Reynolds has been very hot and cold and very uh, injury-prone at his time with the Tigers. He was very good at the Bulldogs, and I think potentially maybe going back to his old club, um, he might be able to have a bit of a spark there and reignite things. Uh, I'm not sure how Bulldogs fans would feel about it, though they've been obviously blooding a few of their young halves over the past couple of years. So you would assume if Reynolds goes back, he potentially takes uh, one of those spots and uh, he's joined with Kieran Foran. So you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know what either of the coaches have planned 
I don't know whether the Tigers would be willing to chip in. Maybe they would be for one year. Um, and potentially this could be a deal for 2021. So just have to wait and see, I think, with this one. But it's probably a good move for Josh Reynolds. I'm not sure if he's going to get game time at the Tigers now. They've brought in Harry Grant. And um, the word is that Billy Walters may have uh, been him to that utility bench spot as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I don't know about you, but for, uh, from my perspective, I think the Josh Reynolds experiment probably hasn't worked. He's been... He's had a lot of injuries during his time, which has made it very difficult. New coaches come in. So I just don't... I think this will do Josh Reynolds a world of good. The Bulldogs, we know, aren't the most talented roster. And neither is Josh Reynolds. He's not, the, he's not the most talented player going around. But I think that energy and that spark will really help the Bulldogs, who are very toiling type side. They really need his energy and enthusiasm to really try and spark something in their team. Because at the moment, they just don't have the cattle and personnel to really challenge anybody for a top eight or a top four spot. So I think this one, although the Tigers might be a little bit out of pocket if they have to pay for a release, but I think this one won't do either party much harm. So I'm really excited about this one. But NRL signing rumours, Mitch, hopefully we hear a few more through the grapevine over the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, it's obviously good hearing um, things about players and where they're going to go or where, who your team might pick up or lose. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as the end of, we get closer to the NRL. That's right, of course. Following this coronavirus pandemic, rugby league will never be the same again. So each week we look back at something when the game was great. Mitch, this is one of my favourites. I've been waiting for this, this topic for a while. The best rugby league bits. So we've gone through all sorts of different topics over the last eight weeks. We've gone through best origin moments, best players, all those topics. But it's now time for the bit, the tough stuff, Mitch. <laughs> and there's plenty through the time machine. I'm going to open up. So my one's all the way back in 1981. And it may be the greatest bit of all time. So it was in 1981, Newtown versus Manly. It happens off a scrum base, and guess who? Tommy Rodonigas takes the ball from the scrum, gets tackled, and then the fight's on. All the players, there was a, uh, a whisper in the scrum that said, after this scrum, we're all going. And then Steve Bowden from Newtown and Mark Broadhurst from Manly were brawling. Mitch, this melee took two and a half minutes. That's how long it took them to separate these players. There was plenty of elbows, blood everywhere. And Mitch, dare I say on that day, there were a few modelling careers that ended. <laughs> so really physical. And that's when back when the game was a lot more gory, punching wasn't allowed. But 1981, it was just, Mitch, a few guys playing part-time rugby league, having a bit of a crack to defend their mate. It was wild. Yeah, I reckon it was pretty wild, obviously. Two and a half minutes, you wouldn't see that these days. Most of the little argy-bargies are dealt with within 30 seconds. So for it to drag on uh, that long just shows how intense it would have been. And I Yeah, think... that's right. Of course. And it wasn't just them too. It was everybody. The referee was having a lot of trouble himself. If he got close enough, he would have been clipped as well. So <laughs> it was a very scary scene for the game, but uh, definitely entertaining for those who were there. And everyone who speaks about it knows that moment as one of the real tough times for rugby league in terms of real manly, real gladiatorial in that sense. So I dare say we'll never see something like that again. But for what it was back in 1981, it was amazing. Mitch, what did you have for some of your best rugby league bits? 
Yeah, another one that's obviously one of the best rugby league biffs uh, is that Australian and New Zealand match in 1985. Uh, Kevin uh, Tamatai from New Zealand and Greg Dowling were both sin-binned in the test at the same time. And then when they crossed the sideline, it was on again. They started laying punches into each other near the sideline fence. Um, both players couldn't be separated. I mean, they were just hammering into each other, Tony. Because you get Simbin at the same time, they had a bit of a spat during the game. And then that boiled over. And the referee said, right, you guys can come and go sit down. So there's 10 minutes off for both of you. The game was still going on, but that didn't stop the problem. Because they both got to the sideline at the same time, they were chirping at each other. And then tensions boiled over and then punches were thrown. So really, and this one was quite even. This one had a few punches to Tammany. Dowling would go back. And once again, once the players realised, then eventually everyone started stripping off. So I guess we like the fact, Mitch, that if it's two guys going at it together, that's not a bad thing. Like in terms of you go at it, you get all of that, all that bad tension out, and then eventually everyone sort of slows the game down and, and we get back to normal again. But, you know, these days we see one half jab thrown, then three players come in. Then people go, um, people try and separate. Then another one comes in and punch. It's very messy. But this one was an old-fashioned. Two guys going at it, hell for leather, one punch here, one punch there. And then eventually they were split. Nearly an Australian-New Zealand one. They're nearly the top of the list every time someone says a good old-fashioned fifth. But Mitch, now more to, now to modern times, very similar to the Kevin Tamney and Greg Dowling scenario, it was a battle of Brookie back in 2011 where Glenn Stewart and Adam Blair once again got sin-binned for their role in a fight on the ground during a Manly versus Storm game back in 2011. Both, once again, were sin-binned at the same time, which they probably should change that rule. <laughs> Basically, they were jogging next to each other. Then a few said a few... Uh, then Glenn Stewart said a few words. Adam Blair didn't like it. And then once again, it was on, on the sideline. Punches thrown left and right. I think this one was pretty even as well. Adam Blair and Glenn Stewart getting the best of each other. And then from top view, you see Brett Stewart, the brother of Glenn Stewart, just searing down and just almost like a missile hitting Adam Blair. And then all the players came in. So that one was one of the more recent melees, Mitch. Yeah, I can remember that one. Obviously, the Battle of Brookie, there's been some really good games between Manly and the Melbourne Storm. But this one, both teams really wanted to rip into each other. And in particular, Glenn Stewart and Adam Blair, they weren't holding back. And then finally, Mitch, I've got one just as a special mention. Anybody versus Steve Maddai. <laughs> so Steve Maddai, we know over the years, liked to show his toughness in at centre, come in, put in shots. But Mitch, one of the greatest days in rugby league. It wasn't a biff. It was just Mitchell Allgood, a reserve grader playing for Parramatta at the time, putting one right on the chin of Steve Maddai. <laughs> Maddai was one of the guys who really liked to intimidate you and he never thought you'd throw a punch. And on that night... Mitch Allgood did something that so many rugby league fans and players wanted to do. He clipped Steve Maddai, and Steve Maddai didn't know what to do. So now we go to the special edition origin. So there's been some good ones, modern and way back in the past. Mitch, you can start with this one. This is one of the more famous ones from 2013. Yeah, it certainly is. I think most people can remember it. Paul Gallen and Nate Miles in origin, both going at it. Obviously, Gal getting in a few hits early, and then uh, all the sides were around them and everyone was running in. I think after this uh, actual punch-up, it was made the rule of 
um, no punching. And if you got the punch, you'd get the um, suspension, um, et cetera. So, yeah, obviously this was a catalyst for that, but it's just a memorable origin fight with obviously um, two icons for each state. Yeah, it was very one-sided as well. Uh, Nate Miles was at marker. Paul Gallen was playing the ball, pushing the chest by Paul Gallen, a pushback from Nate Miles. And then Paul Gallen started laying into Nate Miles. It was a win for New South Wales. They didn't get too many back then, Mitch. So <laughs> this one was one that they'll claim. So Origin captain Paul Gallen laying some right hands into Nate Miles. And of course, Mitch, it blossomed a boxing career for Paul Gallen as well. He probably, he's probably going to put that one on his resume and start appealing for fights after that. So well done to Paul Gallen there. And then one in folklore that a lot of people take the mickey out of, of course, Andrew Johns, one of the greatest rugby league players of all time. He was playing hooker in this game back in 1997. There was quite a few positions uh, taken in the halfback spot. So he played in at hooker. And a player from Manly by the name of Jamie Goddard was the opposition hooker at a scrum. This was in the cattle dog days, Mitch, where Tommy Rodonigas was coach. And he loved a bit of a fight between New South Wales and Queensland. It's what State of Origin's built on, apparently from the great man. Andrew Johns tried to swing a few, miss. Jamie Goddard wasn't landing too many. And then bang, Jamie Goddard connects with Andrew Johns right on the nose and down goes Joey. So that was, he may be an immortal, Mitch, but I think a few people thought that night he was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> really nice connection. So that was back when the NRL was great. Great origin biffs, Mitch, one of my favourites. And that means we're just about done for another week. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, make sure you follow us on our social channels, which are NRL Corona Positives on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast down below. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you very much, Tony Solano. I'm Mitchell Ferugia. Stay safe and keep looking for the positives. We'll see you next week.